What we talk about when we talk about junk DNA. An article by Nelson Fugandes, Andre Zani and others. From Federal University of Rio Grande do Sul, Brazil. Genome Biology Evolution, 2022. Abstract. Junk DNA is a popular yet controversial concept that states that organisms carrying their genome's DNA that has no positive impact on their fitness. Nonetheless, biochemical functions have been identified for an increasing fraction of DNA elements traditionally seen as junk DNA. These findings have been interpreted as fundamentally undermining the junk DNA concept. Here. We reinforce previous arguments that this interpretation relies on an inadequate concept of biological function that does not consider the selected effect of a given genomic structure which is central to the junk DNA concept. Next, we suggest that another, though ignored, confounding factor that is the discussion about biological functions includes two different dimensions a horizontal ecological dimension that reflects how a given genomic element affects fitness in a specific time, and a vertical temporal dimension that reflects how a given genomic element persisted a long time. We suggest that junk DNA should be used exclusively relative to the horizontal dimension, while for the vertical dimension we propose a new term, spam DNA. That reflects the fact that a given genomic element may persist in the genome even if not selected for on their origin. Importantly, these concepts are complementary. An element can be both spam DNA and junk DNA, and spam DNA can also be recruited to perform evolved biological functions, as illustrated in processes of expectation or constructive neural evolution. About a decade ago, the ENCODE Encyclopedia of DNA Elements Consortium used multi-omics data to declare the death of junk DNA. This conclusion was met with much fanfare and was highly publicized by several high-profile scientific journals such as Nature, Science and The Lancet. Subsequently, several authors raised important conceptual issues that were poorly considered in the ENCODE study, ranging from the definition of biological function to the correct understanding of Ohno's view of the C-value paradox, ultimately vindicating the validity of the junk DNA concept. Encoding ENCODE's perspective in regard to the prominence of biological function a recent study published in these journalized new data for a cluster of genomic elements in S. Mansoni to conclude that it is tempting to speculate that more of the we junk DNA than expected might be functional and relevant. An accompanying opinion piece highlights the redemption of the repetitive elements from their junk DNA status into vital source of genomic variation, which fits in the view that the days of junk DNA are over.
That's such an important concept in genome evolution such as junk DNA has been buried alive twice over decades is worrying. A substantial evidence supports the notion that junk DNA is common in many genomes. One reason for the ongoing conundrum around junk DNA is the unresolved debate over an alternative definitions of biological function. Another and less appreciated issue is the complex discussion about the current versus past function of a genomic element, which, as we argue, should be seen as representing a horizontal and vertical dimension of the evolutionary process, respectively. One way out of this problem is having different terms for each dimension. We propose that while the horizontal dimension is well captured by junk DNA, a new concept, spam DNA, could account for the vertical dimension. Hopefully, this distinction will help to clarify the current debate about function in genome evolution. W elements in schistosoma junk DNA in function. States and others used bioinformatics and omics data to characterize 19 W element families, WEFs, in the genome of S. Mansoni. Differently from the initial observation that W elements WE were restricted to the W chromosome, they found homologues of all WEFs in the autosomes. They suggested that WEs could be a class of transportable elements and that their similarities with non-coding RNAs indicated a potential effect on gene expression. In line with the observation of differential expression among samples and biological replicates. Finally, they showed that some WEFs contain sequences similar to the Hammerhead HHD class of ribosomes and that some of these were able to perform the expected self-cleavage reaction. The hypothesis raised by the authors is that WEs increase genome plasticity by transposition and by altering gene regulation. Should WEFs be considered junk DNA? Susomo Ono coined the term junk DNA in the wake of the discussion about genome size and the lack of any obvious correlation with biological complexity. Genomes carry some fraction of DNA that has little or no adaptive advantage for the organism at all. In Ono's own words, it is a wonder that our genome too is filled with the remains of extinct genes. While it may be possible that some WEs in S. Mansoni play regulatory roles that are important for the organism's survival, a large fraction of WEs is constituted by partial sequences or have no associated non-coding RNA motifs. As suggested by others, junk DNA should be considered as a null hypothesis in genomics. Is it reasonable to assume that these elements play an adaptive role for the organism? The previous question is important because if the days of junk DNA were over, one would have to generalize the findings obtained for specific, putatively functional WEs onto WEs as a wall and then onto transposable elements as a wall, etc. 
Otherwise, the genome of S. Mansonia would still harbor a significant amount of junk. A similar point has been made against encode estimates of functional elements in the human genome. Perhaps more important, however, is the discussion about how we recognize biological function and what we mean by it. There is good evidence that WEs are present in the transcriptome in diverse conditions and that some elements with the predicted HHT motif have a ribosome action. Aside from that, the functional predictions are mainly based on bioinformatics analysis and have to be substantiated by functional analysis. Thus, we do not know if the predicted non-coding RNAs to affect gene expression nor, and this is the most important, if they have an effect on fitness. Differential WE expression across life stages could simply reflect the expression of distinct genomic regions, while variation between replicates could suggest transcriptional noise. Finally, what do we mean by biological function? Should we use the selected effect SE or the casual role CR definition for it? In short, CR aims at answering what it does, while SE, the true question is why it is there. Commonly used examples for the inadequacy of the CR definition in biology are that 1. It does not the function of the heart to make sound, even if it does, and 2. It is not the function of trinucleotide repeats in the HTT gene to cause Huntington's disease, even if it does. Conversely, an element has SE function if it contributes to organism fitness. As noted by others, the discussion about junk DNA only makes sense under the SE definition. Stitz and others test for function under the CR rationale, but this can only give us candidates for evolved SE biological functions. The days of junk DNA are not over. beyond selective effect and the multiple origins of functional elements. Even if we agree that selective effect better represents proper biological function, it is much harder to infer biological function under the selective effect definition. In principle, sequence conservation is a proxy for function because purifying or negative selection eliminates deleterious mutations, the effect fitness. However, sequence conservation is less relevant in the case of fourfold degenerated codon positions, which are clearly not junk DNA, and a similar argument can be made for DNA performing structure functions, which have also been called nucleoskeletal and nucleotypic. There is nonetheless another difficulty with the selected effect definition. When trying to answer the why question, there is a horizontal dimension that reflects how a given genomic element currently affects fitness, but there is also a vertical dimension that reflects how a given genomic element originated and has been maintained in the genome. In some sense, this is obvious, as nothing in biology makes sense except in the light of evolution. 
However, what if differential evolutionary processes contribute differentially to these dimensions? Do Little and Brunette propose that three questions must be made for assigning proper biological function to a DNA segment, which can be briefly summarized as follows. 1. Is it these DNA segments expressed in the phenotype? 2. Does such expression make a positive contribution to organismal fitness? 3. Is it present in the genome due to positive selection related to such expression? It should be clear that question 1 and 2 are horizontal, while 3 is vertical. These authors conclude that only when we answer yes to all three questions, a DNA segment can err a true SE status and thus be called functional. This has been called the strong selective effect approach SSA. Therefore, under the SSA strong selective effect, DNA segments representing expectations or resulting in constructive neutral evolution CNE. They represent a yes for the first two questions, but a clear no for the third one should not be considered functional as they originated by processes unrelated to positive natural selection. Different research groups have been debating whether the third question should be a sine qua non for function. For example, Linquist and others proposed to distinguish between maintenance functions if conditions 1 and 2 above are satisfied and origin functions if condition 3 is satisfied. A different view is held by Brovtsik and Shustak, who put the emphasis on the action of purifying selection, similar to the idea of maintenance functions, calling it weak etiological monism, WEM, principle which would be more appropriate than SSA. More recently, Brunette and others who favor the SSA definition for biological function by recognizes the role of acceptation and CNE in genome evolution argued that the WEM suffers from two major drawbacks. First, it could lead to a non-Darwinian account of biology and second, it would allow the several traits that arose neutrally be considered functional even though they did not originate for any adaptive role. The above-mentioned discussion is fundamental to the junk DNA debate because the latter is defined by the lack of evolved biological function. Paradoxically, as it may seem, under the SSE definition elements that contribute positively to fitness and are maintained by purifying selection would still count as junk only because they did not originate as an adaptation. While we agree that positive selection is the fundamental process by which novelties arise under the Darwinian canon, WEM does emphasize fitness and selection which are central to Darwinian thought. Commenting on the impact of reading Malthus's say, Darwin wrote, it at once struck me that under these circumstances, favorable variations would tend to be preserved, and 
unfavorable ones to be destroyed. Our emphasis. Furthermore, the notion of positive and purifying selection is much associated with the fitness impact of new mutations. However, because Darwin had no mechanism for the origin of variation, stating the only positive selection is generally Darwinian, is, in our opinion, inadequate. Perhaps a stronger argument in support of WEM is that modern evolutionary theory has no problem in recognizing that other evolutionary processes can lead to evolutionary adaptive novelties. Defining function and junk DNA The horizontal perspective Suppose we were able to delete from the genome an element that originated via expectation, or CNA, and that this leads to the death of the organism. It is reasonable to say that this genomic element is not functional. In our opinion, the answer is no. As this example illustrates, the SEE principle may result in a paradox, at least regarding any notion of function minimally grounded on biological intuition. Therefore, if a given genomic element maintains the adaptive value of the organism, it fully qualifies as functional. In other words, maintaining its function is sufficient to ascribe proper biological function. Returning to junk DNA, when Ohno came up with this concept, he was trying to explain an observation. Why organisms have DNA that does not contribute to fitness? This is a horizontal question that can be fully accounted for using the WEM criterion for biological function. Even if we concede that the origin of elements constituting junk DNA was also relevant in Ohno formulation, it was not the major pattern begging for an explanation. Thus, we submit that junk DNA is represented by all genomic elements, informational structural, that do not contribute to the fitness of the organism. In other words, that they currently devoid of maintenance function. Spam DNA, the vertical perspective. If junk DNA is to be restricted to the horizontal dimension, some solution must be provided to deal with the origins of genomic elements. When a given genomic element originates by mutation, recombination, transposition, horizontal transfer, etc., there are two possibilities. Either it's adaptive, i.e. it confers an evolutionary advantage to the possessor due to informational or structural roles played by it, or it is non-adaptive, neutral or deleterious. If the element is adaptive, positive selection is the evolutionary process responsible for this persistence. On the other hand, when non-adaptive elements persist in the genome, they do so despite not being selected for from the organismal perspective. Even if slightly deleterious, non-adaptive DNA may persist in genomes of organisms having low effective population size. Transposable elements and other selfish DNA, for example, a bona fide non-adaptive DNA.
As previously discussed, non-adaptive DNA can be accepted for novel functions or can be moved in CNE. On a horizontal perspective, this marks the transition from junk to function, but they remain non-adaptive in their origin. A similar though more radical alternative is the genome balance hypothesis that suggests the blooms of selfish elements become ultimately selected for maintaining a balanced transcription of networked genes. For such cases, distinguishing among the horizontal and the vertical perspectives is crucial. We propose that spam DNA may be a useful term to account for the vertical dimension persistence. Similar to what happens in our email boxes, spam DNA accumulates in the genome despite not being selected, for neither accumulates to serve a future purpose. Spam DNA represents every genomic element which has not been selected for during its origin in the genome, even if it currently participates in relevant biological functions. Importantly, spam DNA is not a more inclusive term that encompasses all junk DNA, but truly a historical definition. For example, some cases of genome inactivation may originate junk DNA from non-spam precursors. During the process of non-orthologous gene displacement, non-orthologous genes become responsible for the same essential function in different organisms, which may lead to subsequent gene inactivation and loss. Conclusions In summary, we propose spam DNA as a companion to junk DNA to count for the origin of genome elements that persisted in the genome despite no positive selection. Even though considered derogatory by many scientists, the term junk DNA caught on. While we cannot know if spam DNA will be that long-lived, we believe that it adds a layer of complexity to the discussion of genome evolution while being of easy understanding. Current molecular evolution theory suggests that genomic parasites are an expected feature of cellular organisms. Therefore, junk DNA and spam DNA are not meant to be only catchy terms but relevant concepts in genome evolution. It would be possible to test if a given genomic element constitutes spam DNA by investigating signatures of positive selection associated with this element on the phylogenetic branch in which it originates even though this may be challenging. Junk DNA and we hope span DNA as well is a very good term to caution against a pan-adaptationist view of evolution, taking in full account the possibility of tinkering, which is illustrated by the argument that junk DNA, which is kept, is different from garbage DNA, which is thrown away. In this sense, it is interesting to note that while other terms such as Sprandle DNA or Tinker DNA could have been proposed instead of Spam DNA, they could give the wrong impression that non-adaptive elements persist in a genome with the purpose of playing some beneficial role in the future, which is clearly not the case. 
Finally, it is interesting to know that Brunet and others defended the SSE definition for biological function as a means of avoiding the perils of pan-adaptationist on the one hand and of intelligent design on the other. We have the opposite view, explicitly allowing proper biological functions to rise neutrally and or by tinkering represents an even stronger case for the lack of design in the genomes of living organisms, including our own. Thank you for listening. Please do follow me on Twitter.